0: Introducing Batiste Sweat Activated and Touch Activated Dry Shampoo. With breakthrough technology that absorbs oil and releases bursts of fragrance whenever you sweat or touch your hair for up to 24 hours, it's the ultimate hair care for girls on the go. Try the newest dry shampoo that's activated by you. Batiste, the future of hair care is here. Buy Batiste Dry Shampoo online or in store at your nearest retailer. Today is Saturday, November 16th, 2019. On this day in 1971, 10-year-old Carmen Cologne disappeared after visiting a drugstore in Rochester, New York. She was found dead two days later, setting off a string of alliterative killings known as the Alphabet Murders. And the perpetrator is still at large. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today, we're covering the disappearance of 10-year-old Carmen Cologne, the first victim in New York's so-called alphabet murders. Let's go back to the afternoon of November 16, 1971, a little after 4.30 p.m. The pharmacist felt the cold fall air blow into his drugstore as the entry bell chimed. He looked up to snap at the dawdling customer to close the door, but he relaxed when he saw it was young Carmen Cologne. She had it hard enough. It wasn't easy for a little girl to live with her grandparents, much less take care of them. No, Carmen didn't need a grumpy pharmacist making her day any tougher. He smiled as she came up to the counter, her head barely clearing the display case. Regretfully, he informed her that her grandfather's prescription wasn't ready yet. Carmen's face fell... Clearly agitated, she told the pharmacist she had to go. The pharmacist shrugged as he watched her take off. She only lived a couple blocks away. He figured she'd be back soon enough. But Carmen didn't come back to the store. And she didn't come home either. By 5pm, her concerned family asked neighbors to search the neighborhood for signs of her. Little did they know. Carmen was no longer in Rochester she was near the town of Churchville almost 20 miles to the west running for her life around 5:30 p.m. drivers motoring down highway 490 saw a little girl naked from the waist down running alongside the road nobody bothered to stop Later on, these witnesses gave a litany of reasons for speeding past her. With the sun going down, it was hard to see clearly. They were driving too fast to stop. They thought she was only throwing a tantrum. The list went on and on, but the fact remained, this was the last time anyone saw Carmen Cologne alive. Two days later, Two teenage boys were riding their bikes down Stearns Road in the nearby town of Churchville. As they pedaled along, one of them noticed what he thought was a large doll resting at the bottom of a ditch. But it wasn't a doll. It was Carmen Cologne's dead body. Upon examining the body, the police determined that Carmen had been sexually assaulted and manually strangled, meaning her killer had choked her with his bare hands. Her pants and underwear were found near the I-490 exit for Churchville. Investigators believed she'd been killed there, then dumped where her body was found. Carmen's death rattled the city of Rochester. The community rallied to her cause, offering a reward to anyone who provided information that helped solve the case. But despite their best efforts, the police were unable to track down Carmen's murderer. Although the motorists who had seen her running down the highway had noticed a car pulling up to her, nobody could identify the make or model. In 1971, DNA testing wasn't an option yet, and even if the technology had been available back then, the detectives weren't able to gather any serological evidence, or in layman's terms, any bodily fluids. The police continued to pursue every possible lead, but there didn't seem to be any clues leading to the killer. The case went unsolved until a year and a half later, When he struck again. Coming up, the so-called alphabet murders capture the public's attention. And now, back to the story. The disappearance and subsequent murder of Carmen Cologne on November 16, 1971 sent shockwaves through the Rochester community. The residents of Carmen's Bull Run neighborhood couldn't comprehend how someone could do such horrible things to an innocent little girl. To encourage witnesses to come forward, a $6,000 reward was offered for anyone who had information that led to the killer. Today, that would be worth about $35,000. But nobody was able to provide any meaningful information. Carmen's killer continued to roam the streets undetected. And on April 2nd, 1973, he took another little girl's life. Around five o'clock that evening, 11-year-old Rochester resident Wanda Walkowitz went to the store to pick up some groceries. By 8 p.m., she hadn't come home. With the Carmen Cologne murder surely in the back of her mind, Wanda's mother called the police. 14 hours later, she got the call that every parent dreads. Her daughter had been killed. Wanda's body was discovered at a rest stop in Webster, about 15 miles east of Rochester. Police immediately noticed similarities between Wanda's murder and the Carmen Cologne case. Both Wanda and Carmen were about the same age. Like Carmen, Wanda was Roman Catholic and had a turbulent home life. She was killed in almost the same manner as Carmen, sexually assaulted and then strangled. And her murder had the same alliterative quality as Carmen's. Wanda Walkowitz's body was found in Webster. The similarities between the two cases led the police to consider that both girls had been killed by the same man. As the public caught wind of the connection, the murders became known as the double initial killings, or alphabet murders. This time around, the detectives had much more to go on. They received an anonymous tip from someone who claimed to have seen Wanda being forced into a dodge dart. Two girls Wanda's age said a man had tried to lure them into his Ford LTD a few days before Wanda disappeared. A third witness told investigators he spotted Wanda crying in a green Ford Pinto driven by a tattooed man. But none of these leads went anywhere. The trail to the killer went cold once again. As the police searched high and low, the murderer lurked. In the shadows. And on November 26, 1973, he claimed another victim. Just over two years after Carmen Cologne's murder, 10-year-old Michelle Mayenza disappeared while walking home from school. Two days later, her dead body was discovered in Macedon, about 20 miles east of Rochester. Like Carmen Cologne and Wanda Walkowicz, Michelle had been sexually assaulted and strangled. Investigators became more certain than ever that the same man had perpetrated all three murders. Two similar deaths could be a coincidence, but three indicated a pattern. Shortly after Michelle's death, a witness told police that he may have had an encounter with her killer. On the day Michelle disappeared, the witness saw a broken-down beige vehicle on Route 350 near Macedon. When he pulled over to help, the witness noticed the car's driver trying to cover up its license plate. He also saw a young girl in the car, a girl who looked just like Michelle Mayenza. The driver quickly sped away, but not before the witness was able to take down a partial license plate number. Through a stroke of luck, he saw the same car again a few days later. During this second encounter, he was able to get a full plate reading. Police quickly tracked down the vehicle. Its owner matched the description given by several other witnesses. But the suspect had an alibi. He had been job hunting all day and had the records to prove it. Furthermore, he passed a polygraph test, and even though these tests are not concrete proof of a person's innocence or guilt, the police weren't able to find sufficient evidence to charge the suspect for the murders. Although the police followed several more leads, the trail once again went cold the man who murdered three innocent girls continued to walk the streets. He was never caught. As of 2019, several potential suspects for these murders have been considered. However, despite some promising leads, none were ever charged with killing Carmen Cologne, Wanda Walkowicz, and Michelle Mayenza. The Alphabet murders captured America's imagination, at a time when serial killers were beginning to gain notoriety. Shortly before Carmen Cologne's death, the so-called Zodiac Killer terrorized the San Francisco area with cryptic letters and clues he sent to the press. With the Zodiac killer's gruesome handiwork gracing headlines across America, it's no wonder the alliterative alphabet murders were so compelling to the media. And they remain so today, with the cases still open and often scrutinized on Internet forums. Since the police were able to gather a viable semen sample from the third murder scene, hope remains that Carmen, Wanda, and Michelle's killer will be caught. But until the cases are conclusively solved, we must live with the knowledge that a dangerous killer may still be among us. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more information on this subject matter, check out our Unsolved Murders episodes on the Alphabet Murders. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram, at Parcast, and Twitter, at Parcast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Paul Mahler, Maggie Admire, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Alex Benedon. I'm Vanessa Richardson.